welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Hallelujah. Um, You know, as much as everything is happening in the nations and things, I want to say that so much is happening in the kingdom of God, in the church. So I was at Leaders Day. A lot of pastors gathered together and ministry leaders yesterday in Belfast for the whole day. And there was a ministry over from London ministering to us. And then there was a, a night meeting, actually, and talk about branches going over the wall. Crystal was asked to lead at that meeting, and she'd invited Chris, supported her um, on guitar. So praise the Lord. This house is blessing others. And uh, Michaela was up. We chat to Michaela. It was a great, great time in the Holy Ghost last night. But um, when you talk to other pastors, you know that, you know, the time that they've passed through, you know, different people have left their church, you know, people have recited, moved on, some not going to church anymore. Um, if you hear anything from any church, it's restructuring. Every church I talk to pastors are restructuring. They're not doing things the same way they've done them before. If you keep doing things the same way you've done it, you're going to get the same results. So a lot of churches are restructuring according to God. And a lot of the word yesterday was be authentic. Every leader, every leadership, every church, be authentic. Don't copycat. Don't, you know, uh, well, we're doing this, so you have to do that. No, you be authentic. You be led by the Lord, what he is calling you and leading you to do. Be authentic. Amen. So great things are happening. So many pastors and leaders were there for a whole day. That's, that's hard to get leaders together, especially on Saturday, before they'll preach the following day. But they were there by the Spirit of the Lord, and that meeting was just put on with about a two or three-week notice, maybe. So praise the Lord, things are happening in the church. Praise God. And there's so many, there's a wealth of ministry here in this house. You just heard David, others, all the great men of God that God has in this house, and I'm welcoming one of the great men of God from the house, Robin, come on ahead. I encourage you to take notes, listen, and uh, don't run away after. Stay for a slice of cake and celebrate with uh, Gwyneth and Hillary. Praise the Lord. My honor. When am I off? Thank you, Pastor. Um, folks, I'm just going to continue on where Pastor Karen had shared in the last couple of weeks on authority. And it's my privilege and honor just to share this with you. I sound so religious, don't I? Let's get this. Let's get this word and let's change this to your name. This is Robin's Bible. Now stand to your feet, those that can, and make this declaration. Because the word says this word, you're the mirror image of this word. And if you don't think you are, you're looking in the wrong mirror. This word will release the victim in the mirror. This is Robin's Bible. This is, I believe what it says. I believe I am who it says I am. I believe I can do what it says I can do. I believe I have what it says I have. And now, as I'm about to receive, the incorruptible, ever-living, never-dying, 
Seed of the Word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is open. And as a result, I shall never, ever be the same. Amen. Thank you, church. And there's always a consequence with your actions. See if you go home and put that on the shelf. You'll never be the same again. It's an instruction. See if you don't listen to your sat-nav, you'll end up lost. Um, I have to say this because you notice this, Pastor Karen's so true. You know, let's wake up and smell the coffee here, folks. God is doing amazing. I just stand in this church every week. And I see, and I'm not Chris and the worship team are awesome. Eldership is awesome. And CUs as a family, you are awesome. You are all pulling together. And don't worry, the ones aren't, we know you aren't. And we know we live. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is that this is church. We're allowed to laugh in this church. At the end of the day, God is doing so many things. And do you know who he's doing so many things in? You. And there is, it's an absolute, getting emotional here. It is an absolute honor and privilege to honor this woman, Hilary. That there is a walking epistle of the faithfulness of God. And see if you do not understand that. You're missing what we're seeing here. That lady took this word, this authority, identified it in her heart, right? I'll finish it at the end. She walked through the valley and the shadow of death was upon her. Did she stay there? Because if you stay in that valley, you will be condemned, you will be criticized, and the shadow of death will have its result in your life. But it doesn't say in the word that we built our house in the, in the valley. It says, though I walk through the valley of Sheth, the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff are with me, and they comfort me. You are with me. The word was with Hillary. No matter what the circumstance said, no matter what it was trying to do, no matter what Satan was trying to do, that lady knew who she was in God. And if you do not understand, and I love you with all my heart, faithful are the wounds of a friend, if you cannot see, the word says that creation is shouting in your face that God is here. God Almighty, through that lady, is showing you how faithful he is. And if you have an issue, and I'm not judging anyone, judge the message, not the messenger, get through it. You're not on your own. There's no such thing as a self-help book because Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're never on your own. Even if you're the loneliest person in the world, you're never on your own. And I'm sorry, understand, it's a choice and we all make choices. I was delivering mail the other day and a lady had a wee sign on her door, shirt up with Tash and Carol. You have two choices. Wipe your feet or scrub the floor. <laughs> Going to quickly get through this because I know you don't have time. And what David said was spot on. And I firmly believe the way that God is going to overturn Russia is through the Russian people. They're going to fall on their own sword. Plus on top of that, we know that God has got a hook in Putin's lip 
because they've been banned from the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> Did you know that? He's probably actually in tears now and about to leave Ukraine and move home. But isn't it good to laugh in the house? It's good to laugh in the house, right? We're getting through this very quickly. Genesis 1.26. We're talking today about authority, what authority is. And I'm going to give you the, the end before the beginning. It's the Word of God. God and His Word will never change. Hebrews 13.8. Is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? If that burst your bubble, I'm sorry. We'll get you a new one and we'll blow it up. But at the end of the day, it is the Word of God in your heart, in your life. It's nothing that you try. Hillary didn't try the Word. That lady was marinated in the Word of God, and God came through, through her. She is a walking testimony to the faithfulness of God. We go back originally to the garden. In Genesis 1, 26 to 28, it talks about God. If you're a visitor here today, where's Eve? Nora and Harry's granddaughter. I've just embarrassed you. Welcome today, by the way. <laughs> what a name, Eve. The mother of all living. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. We know, we can all sit down and say, I know this. God's intention at the very beginning was to give dominion and authority to mankind. Aye, and if you're paying attention, cut a long story short, a talking snake, talk to the lady. The lady believed it, talk to her husband. The husband listened to his wife. It wasn't her fault, it was his fault. Get beat up uh, later on by the ladies. And he lost his authority. And Jesus Christ came back as the second Adam. Was a perfect example about what we should be with the word, with the Holy Spirit in us, living in us, and died on the cross so that our relationship with God could be restored. Jesus then went, rose to the right-hand side of God. God the Father is in heaven. On his right side is Jesus Christ, ever living to make intercession for the saints. And who is here? There's three people in the Godhead. How can there be three people? Well, how does an egg exist? The shale, the white, and the yolk. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus could not release the Holy Spirit. He could not release the Holy Spirit until he had reconciled us back to God, that we were perfect and his righteousness in God's sight. Then he gave us the powerhouse so that we can get the job done. So that's authority. Authority, I've written this down. Authority is the legal right to give the command, order or instruction, and compel the subordinates to do a certain act. On the other hand, responsibility is the outcome of authority. It entails the obligation of the subordinate who has been assigned the duty by his superior. Understand this. The authority, authority without integrity is a dictatorship. You, fight against, you don't fight against flesh and blood. You fight against principalities and powers. And that fight goes as far as, you're a liar, back off. It's not this whole, we'll explain that in a minute. Can a land without any teeth, they might gum you to death, I suppose. You know what I mean? But it's no authority. So understand that God gave us his authority but it's our choice. 
And we have to identify who we are in, in Christ. God loves each one of us individually so much. My goodness, think about this. What other human being has innocent human being has died for you as an individual because they loved you unconditionally with no, no rules, regulations, no behavior patterns, no hoops to jump through. He loved you for, because he is love. And he would have died so that you can be restored to that relationship. And then he give you his word, which is the son, so that you then can renew your mind and walk on this earth as Christ walked on this earth. Whenever, so the, the authority that God has given us is service. It's to serve Father, but it's to serve mankind. This authority, right, God gave us his authority, right, to serve and, and love mankind, but to totally and utterly dictate the terms to Satan and his stronghold. And let me tell you, folks, the battlefield, I know you've heard it all, George, Joyce Myers is the housewife's favorite. I love Joyce. The battlefield's in your mind. It's all about our identity and who we are. Who we are. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I'm going to go through it. And this is Jesus talking. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go you therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Ties in nicely with our new baptismal tank, isn't it? We will save you, set you free, heal you, and duck you under the water. It's a full package of this. We'll even bury you. But then you're not really there, are you? You're in heaven. So do you understand? Jesus gave us authority. Jesus doesn't have the authority. We have the authority. The most important thing as an individual you have on this earth. Carlos is not allowed to ask questions because you never get it right. Pastor used to do the same thing. Pastor John ask you a question, and then you'd go, yeah, and he'd go, no. But he was always stretching us. Do you know what the most powerful thing you have as an individual on this earth? Your body. Because your spirit abides in this flesh. And if you don't have a body, your spirit's in the presence of God. So if you do not have, look after it, that's why, that's why you can go off on a tangent. Um, healing is in the atonement. Why would God Almighty place his spirit in a fleshy body, in his temple, now on earth, you as an individual, and then not give the ability for it to be healed and restored? It would be total contradiction. So healing is, in the, healing is for today. Healing is now. And there's a walking epistle sitting in the back row. In the beginning was the word. John 1, 1, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus Christ is the word. When someone, it doesn't happen much now, I know I've heard it many times, it's not about your word is your bond. Years ago, even before when I was born, which was not long ago. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm thinking in God's terms here, Okay. I noticed Pastor Karen last verse. That's me, totally insecure. 
It used to be, see the character of someone? The character of someone is where you get that strength from. If you know someone by their word, you know their character. If you know their character, Carl would say, and she's used it a few times, you're, what's the first one, Carl? Character's who you are. Your reputation is what people see of you or what people think of you. So if you understand this word, this word is God's character. And if you understand God's character as your heavenly father, you will understand in any situation what way God would respond. Because God doesn't react. We react when we panic. Pastors used to say, don't react, respond. Do you not hear that we twist? I love plays and words. When you respond, you're in control. You're in peace. You're not, you know, panicking, anxious. So whenever we look at it, the character, so whenever you get this word, whenever you marinate yourself in this word, whenever you and this word become one, it will automatically come out of your spirit, out of your mouth. We are the only created being that God gave the ability to have an idea and to communicate that idea with your tongue, speech. We're the only one. The animal kingdom or nothing else can. So you can communicate. You can actually change a situation and change someone else by communicating. And this is not me as in the brain cells of a small fly, but it's just the way God's wired me. I was eating a packet of crisps the other day, and the word says you can eat any deadly thing and it will not hurt you. And God can't lie. It's all right. You can laugh later. The, um, and you're eating a packet of crisps. And I shared this with Stephen. Where is he? It said on the packet of crisps, you see potatoes, we see potential. So how many times would you just eat a bag of crisps and just sit and go, I'm eating these crisps, enjoying these crisps, blah, blah, blah. But the people who made those, they seen a potato and seen the potential. So God sees the potential in each single one of us. This word has that potential, but it's not going to have anything if we sit there and we don't become one with that word. Whenever you hurt yourself, whenever a situation comes before you, what's the first thing you do? Do you panic? It, it creates uh, an image in your mind. You believe that image. You start to believe that lie, and then you start acting that way, and then you're completely tacked off and changing direction. Abraham, wow. Or there's a, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1. The earth was out warm and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God did what? Thank you. First row. God communicated his authority. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. When you go back in the original translation, that means to brood like a chicken on an egg. The Holy Spirit could not do anything until Father spoke, decreed, and it was. It was. So God's authority is his word. God's word is his character that we can trust. Has anybody lived long enough on this earth that nothing has ever changed? The word says that 
you know, everything that we see can touch is temporal. That means it's subject to change. Everything's changed. There's not a thing. We change everything around us. The one thing has never changed is this word, and it never will. It is never going to change. So if it never changes, God never changes. God's character never changes. And if you walk through your life every single day with this word as part of you, when a situation or circumstance that comes up which completely contradicts what God's word, word, what God's character is saying, when you have that word living and abiding in you, it will come to pass that you will decree a thing and it will be established. Will it stay for a while? No, it will be established that light may shine on your way. And it's, it's not even, you don't even think about it. You just do it. I keep running to, back to the same old thing about learning to drive. You know, you were learning to drive and it was absolute madness because you didn't know what to do. And now, like I say, you can drive anywhere and it's scary because you can't even remember how you got there. You can't even remember because it's part of you. Nobody can separate that knowledge that you renewed your mind to be able to drive. And listen, the world is your oyster. You can choose to get in your car and go anywhere you want. And the only thing stopping you is you. Uh, awesome. This is for, I'm not going to point anybody out, but this is for people in the service because God cannot lie. Abraham, Romans 4, 19 to 21. There's so much gold in this stuff. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. That word not in the original translation isn't there. So let me just finish the paragraph and then explain it. And not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body, already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. That word not is not in the original translation, which means he didn't ignore his body. He didn't walk through, you know, like people would deny what they're going through. Their nose is running like a tap. They have a nose on them like Rudolph around about the Christmas season. And we'll go up and say, how are you doing? I am totally healed. <laughs> In Jesus' name. And that's the truth. They are healed. But you're not ignoring what you're going. Abraham knew. Abraham knew that he could not have children. He also knew that his wife, Sarah, could not conceive. But... Listen to what it says. Not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body already dead. So weakness of faith is tied to what we see. It's tied to what we see, but what does the Word say? What does the truth say in the Word? What is God's Word? What is authority? What is his character? It come down in here, and then they add the cherry on the cake. He also added in, I'm dead, Sarah's dead. This is not it. But he did not waver at the promise of God. There's unbelief. What is unbelief? Believe in the lie that is starting right in for you that completely contradicts what God has said. But he did not waver through unbelief, which means to overthink or dismantle, right? But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded, convinced that God had what God has promised, he was also able to perform. So he was going through a valley, everything was shouting at him, everything was saying no, and he basically went, 
I know I can't have children. I know my wife can't have children. But my God said, I will have my son. I will have an heir. And the really crazy thing about it is no red-blooded male would ever turn this down if your wife came up to you and said, here's my maidservant. Go and lie with her. No, get away from me in the name of Jesus. <laughs> if Carl brings me a 23-year-old maidservant and say, go, lie with her, I go, no, my love, it would offend my God and my wife. <laughs> Wouldn't like to see a state of her face afterwards. My Carl would rip her throat out. But look what Abraham was up against here. Do you understand what I mean? He couldn't have kids. His wife couldn't have kids. He was walking in the decreed word of God. He didn't even have the word. Never mind the fact his wife comes along and goes, hey, here's my maidservant. And then we all know what happened. Abraham went on ahead and then we all know what happened in that one. But even God in his faithfulness showed him the stars of the sky and the sand on the beach. So he encouraged him in in that word, encouraged that word in. This is why it's good to come to the house because the word says when two walk together, it's good for two to walk together because when one falls, the other one lifts them up. We're going to, we don't need two, but at the end of this here, very shortly, we're going to open up the altar. You don't even need to come to the altar. If you believe what God says about your situation, where you're sitting right now, you have got what this word says right now. And we can agree with you. And we'll add another wee bit in a minute because it's in our scripture here. And then we go, look at this. Luke 1, 34. The angel of the Lord came to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Basically said, you're going to have a child. Then Mary said, to the, how can this be since I know not a man? That wasn't doubt. She was just asking, how can I have a child if I haven't been with a man? Go on in the story. I love you enough to let you read it. But then she goes in in verse 38. Look at what way this woman identified with herself. Ladies, listen to this one here. That's so important. Wow. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Do you hear what she started this? She identified herself. Behold. What do you do, ladies, when you just get up in the morning? And you've got the, the hurrials going every direction and picking up signals that you just haven't got a clue. And the fuse is blown in your straighteners. And you just have to be out in 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Stephen's laughing because his straighteners aren't working. The, um, sorry, Steve, neither am I. But all I'm saying is, is that Look what she decreed. She decreed that she was, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She was about, she was told she was about to bear a child. She hadn't been with a man. Ladies, if you're not married, there's only one immaculate conception. So he's out there looking for you. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. There's no way the eldership or me will be laying hands on anybody here to have a child without wedlock. But what I'm saying is, is this lady, this lady knew and identified who she was, knew the authority, and this is, the, this is her now, be it unto me according to your word. Then when we go, 1 Samuel 17, I don't mean to skip through it, but I really don't want to linger on this. 
I want it to be short, sharp and sweet. And I love you enough, we love you enough not to spoon feed you. We'll give you a taste to let you see, taste and see that the Lord, his word is good and go home and find it out for yourself. Um, we'll give you the scriptures. So look at David. David, if you go into the word in First Samuel, we all know what David did with the land and the bar, with a slingshot. What a guy. Um, David was in the back end of nowhere. He was the future king of Israel, was up mounting his dad's sheep. He spent his time singing psalms and fellowshipping with Father. And as he spent that time fellowshipping with his Father, I'll have to walk this way because I'm favoriting, favoriting, I'm favoriting the right-hand side. The, um, he spent that time in the presence of God. And God had a, such an effect on David David trusted and knew God's character. And in those days, the sh your, your sheep, your livestock was your livelihood. If something came and took your livelihood, you felt it. He was responsible for his father's flock. So what did God do? David found out who, this was before, this was Old Testament. The Holy Spirit, when he came upon him, it didn't live and abide in him like we are. He longed for the days that we have. David believed God so much to his word that God tested him to prove what he was like. So when the lion came, David turned around and took that lion out. Then a few minutes or a few weeks or days more, then a bear came and David took that out. So God had tested him. Now David has experience of how faithful God is. An idea only becomes a journey when you take action. You ever get God to use you sometime and you amaze yourself that what just came out of your mouth? David then, paraphrased by Robin, wasn't even in the battle. His brothers, who were military men, were in the battle. Fighting Goliath had the standoff. He was standing of the Philistine giant. Philistine giant. David was asked by his dad just to cruise on down to the battle with his brother's lunch. He just uh, it's maybe just eat before it was just eat. That's what he was. Look at this here. This is the way that that people looked at David. Go you down and give your brothers the military men their lunch. And as David was our poor old Goliath, apparently all nine foot six of them. I think Lindsay, he was Lindsay's older brother, I think. <laughs> and Johnny and Lindsay together, if you could sort of sort of get that one together. Um, David went in to give his brothers their lunch, and the Philistine giant, Goliath, was just slobbering. Just slobbering. And here's David. David said, and he remembered his experience. He remembered his authority. He says, the, the land came along and I slew it. The bird came along and I slew it. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine to stand against the armies of the Most High God? And you all know the story. He went out. But the interesting thing is you go along in the story. Goliath laughed and all this here. You send me this boy, blah, blah, blah. David actually went out with his sling and his five smooth stones. But as David actually ran towards Goliath, he actually decreed what was going to happen. 
He says, this day God has given me into your hand and I will remove your head from your shoulders with your sword as he ran towards it and what he spoke happened. So David's authority was based on God's word in his heart and acted upon and his God's character knowing that God would never let him down. Favorite chapter in the word and we're very close to the end folks. Matthew 8, the centurion's faith. Wow, what a guy. Oh, when I think about the centurion's faith, they always think of Pastor John. Um, and that's not to take away from our eldership now. You know, our eldership now are doing an awesome job. Awesome, awesome job of what they're going through. Diamonds are formed under pressure, and our eldership is glowing, folks. And if you don't see them glowing, you're not paying attention. The... Um, the centurion even spoke it out. He says, I'm a man under authority. I said to my servant to go, and he goes, tell him to come, and he comes. He obviously had experience, because Jesus was going around everywhere, and Jesus was healing the sick, casting out devils, recovery of sight of the blind, cleansing the lepers. His ministry was there. He knew he was a man under authority. And then Jesus, and I've shared this before, because it's just awesome. If you look into it and you understand what's happening, he says, Jesus says, let's go. Let's go, let's just, I'll go, I'll go and heal your servant. And he instantly turned around, oh no, I'm not, I'm not fit. There's no way I can't bring in, no. He says, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus then turned around with his disciples and basically said, and these were the guys that lived with him, slept with him, ate with him, seen every single miracle he had performed, performed the miracles themselves when he gave them authority, right? And Jesus said, I haven't found such a great, great faith, great authority, great power, greater conviction in all of Israel. And he said, go your way, your servant is healed. What did the centurion do? Did he stand there? He turned and he went. What happened as he was going? His other servants met him on the way. And if you look in, let's find out, you study it up. The moment, the, the moment that Jesus actually spoke was the moment that a servant was healed. He took that word and he put it on it. The, um, we went a wee bit back to front here, but I just wanted to back this up. Um, I'll not show you this. This is two wee things I have here. Here is a driving license. What does this give me the authority to do? Who backs it up? Government. I'm not going to show you this because Homeland Security, when they look at my passport photograph, probably won't let me out of the country. This is my passport. What does this give me authority to do? Anywhere in the world. And it's backed up by the government. And I was just going to finish very shortly. I just noticed this when I read this. Her Britannic Majesty's Secretary of State requests and, and requires in the name of Her Majesty and all those whom it may concern to allow this bur the bearer to pass freely without let or hindrance and to afford the bearer such assistance and protection that may be necessary. My passport is backed up by the government. My driving license is backed up by the government. Who backs us up? And where is God? God in us. 
Do you see the wisdom of the cross? Jesus was only one man, only one person. Multiplication. He restored us to his righteousness. Right? He restored us totally, totally the righteousness of God. He was innocent and died for us because of the love and the joy that was put before him. The word says, as he is in this world, so are we. Our identity is in him. But the authority is given us is his word. It never changes. The only thing that changes is us if we fluctuate up and down. And we only fluctuate up and down when we aren't grounded and we don't know the word. We don't know our identity. We have lies and deception that tries to convince us this is not you. Satan in the garden as a talking serpent tried to convince Eve and then Adam of what did God say? In the desert, when Jesus was led out by the Spirit, Jesus answered, Satan, it is written. Every single time he tried, and even when he took him up into the high peak and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and the kingdoms of the world were Satan's. Adam had handed them over in the garden, and he tried to tempt Christ, the son of the living God. I'll give you all these if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus, it is written, the Lord your God will you serve in such and such. He knew exactly, and that was a test. The word will test you, folks. Completely and utterly test you. Now I know, I'm not trying to be flippant here, I cannot even imagine what some of you's situations or circumstances you are going through. But I have to be able to love you enough to say, the word of God, the word says the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. That word fear means respect or honor. Always, don't always take the word for what it says because it basically, we can take it and then think, oh, this is what it says, a fear, tremble, religion, it's not. That is respect and honor. You know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Whenever you have that word, you have his promise, his character, his authority in your mouth. And in um, Joshua 1, is it up, Ren? Or Chris, sorry. Going to finish this one and one more scripture here. Listen to what Joshua happened here. Moses had died and are about to cross the river. Like This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night that you may observe to do according to that is written. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this was a guy who didn't have the Spirit of God in him, but it was upon him. It's completely different from us. The Holy Spirit left. Anyway, it's too it's a rabbit trail. But what I'm saying here is, folks, are, is, is everybody here successful? Because see, if you're not, it's quite simple. Reverse engineer what it says. How do you become successful? Can God lie? Meditate on this word day and night. There you go. What do you then do? Do what it says to do, right? Then what does it say to do? 
don't turn to the right or the left. Blinkers on a horse. Blinkers on a horse, the horse stays straight and can't move, right? And don't be dismayed and don't be afraid. There's going to be things that come into your life on a daily basis. 99.9% .9 of the stuff that you get concerned about never happens the way you thought it was going to. Never happens. We believe the lie, we act on the lie, and we start acting a certain way. And then it controls us. The only thing that Satan can do is send, give you a lie, give you something that distracts you from God's word. The first thing he will do is he will discredit your, your position in Christ, your identity in Christ. The next thing he'll do when you start moving on that, because the more you move forward based on who you are in Christ, the more then you decree and act on God's word, the more it becomes you become more like Christ in your workplace, in your life, to your family, to your friends, and then the kingdom of God expands, and the kingdom of, of, of the Satan starts to decrease. But God knows. God said, don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left, keep moving forward, don't be afraid, speak the word. And not, this is nothing that you try. I have tried the word and it never happened. I have tried couscous and cucumber, and it will never happen again in its life. And I noticed, and I understand why. Have you ever been on a plane? Right? If, if it depressurizes, a mask falls from the ceiling. Then there's a life jacket under the seat. But they never offer you a parachute. <laughs> and if the wordy offer you a parachute, and the plane was going down and losing altitude, and the air hostess came up and said, Here's a parachute. The plane is about to crash. He'll go, oh, no, I'll not try it. You're all right. I haven't really tried it before. You would dislocate her shoulders, put the parachute on, find out quickly how to use it, jump and pull it, even if your eyes were closed. So what I'm saying is, is that this is not something you try. And this is a growing play. Grow into the word grow into the word, then God will show his faithfulness and the authority that you've chosen applied to your life. It will affect everything around you. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you will have experiences. And then if something else bigger, like another giant comes, you'll go, well, I beat that lad and I beat that bear and I beat COVID, knocked it completely out and it's running like a thing. Lovely ministry. What that ministry that lady's going to have because God puts those at defeat. David defeated a giant and ended up as king of Israel. Finishing now, folks. Psalm 23. Yeah, although I walk through the valley, through, walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. I shared it with you earlier on. Every single day, we all go through situations and circumstances, things that we don't even create ourselves. Most of the time we do, we reap what we sow. We do reap what we sow. But there's going to be such situations and circumstances that come up against you. And this is why it's important. And I'm not just saying this because it's a good idea, even though it is a brilliant idea. Get to, get, get to a cell group, get to church. Open yourselves up, not the everybody. I'm not saying everybody isn't open up to, but trust the people, find out people who, they're not older than you, they're just a wee bit elder than you in the word and experience in the world. I've had battles 
and they can basically show you how they did it. And they will stand with you, but not only will they, they will stand with you, you will walk through the valley. You're not living there, you're not making it your habitation, you're walking through the valley. And all these things are trying to distract you from the word. You've got Joshua, you're not looking to the right, you're not looking to the left, you're not staying there, you keep moving forward. And then at the end of the day, you come through. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says the end is better in the beginning. Because see, at the beginning is something new. You measure yourself up, and you're a wee bit frightened, and your knees are knocking, and you're going, Ugh! and then you just step out, and then all of a sudden you walk. And see, as you walk through, you get experience. And as you get experience, you become mature. And as you become mature, if you ever remember Pastor John, Karen does it too, Pastor Karen does it too, Pastor John walked in his identity and his righteousness. And it wasn't arrogance. He knew who he was in Christ. The word in him, you could not separate. The man marinated himself in the word. See, if you forgot it, he loved you enough to pick it up. Right? He knew his authority. His authority, if it needed to be, always in love. Um, but he knew who he was. And I seen him, and I never, I'll never stop talking about it because it was an experience in my life. I noticed years ago somebody at the altar called manifesting. And you just knew it wasn't, you have to get down to reality here, folks. You know, the word of God, it's quite simple. You know what I mean? God is peace. God is quiet. God is calm, is calm right? If something, do you honestly think God, if you've seen, you seen a parent grabbing their child and shaking them violently, would you, what would you think? Of child abuse. God's not going to shake somebody violently. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Rabbit trail. Pastor John just came up. He reminds me of Mr. Darcy. Oh, Mr. Darcy. He just pulled up his trouser leg, kneeled down, and just spoke the command into the person's ear. Nobody knew what was happening. I knew what was happening. And the person just stopped. Complete peace. Pastor got up and just moved on. So this is what this experience is. This authority is his word. His word, not on the pages, but this here and here. These are awesome. I'm finishing with this because I lifted this today. Forgive me, this is not, I can't say this is not what I usually do. But God um, just attracted me to this book. And don't judge the man, judge the message. But there was a card inside the book, which I'd used as a bookmark. The Power of Positive Thinking by Aunt Middleton. But there was a wee card, and I just signed the book, and I just put the book down, and there was this wee card. And I'm finishing with this, folks. True friends are like a bad smell. You don't have to see them to know they are there. Um, I don't know if the couple know who it was. And we need to hear what these people wrote inside. And he said to him, look now, there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he says, decree surely comes to pass. So let's go down there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. And all these wee arrows are pointing up. Thankful for your wisdom over the years and your declaration over our life. You're a blessing. I hesitated in this. 
because I actually asked Carl, um, do I have the right um, to speak this? And then a lot of things come into your head, sitting and going, who do you think you are? This, that's, that's just the enemy. If I take this word of God and I identify this word of God, identify myself with this word, and I'm saved in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I am the righteousness of God. I can stand before God without any sense of guilt. Yeah. Right? I are inferiority. Try leaning into that, Val. I can decree a thing, and as long as it's matching up to this word, it God's character is a promise, but the only stipulation is that you stay on that word. You're not trying it out for a while. You're confessing that word, knowing that that word is on its way to being fruitful in your life. You've got your friends, your family in church helping you whenever the shadow seems to be so dark that there doesn't seem to be any light. You're still moving. You're still declaring, not hoping that it's going to happen, but knowing that it will happen and light will shine on your day. Meditate on this word day and night and do what it says to do. Don't turn to the left and don't turn to the right. Be strong of good courage. For I am with you, Chris, I'm a carly. God knows the desires of your heart. And your kids are on your way. In such an extent that we all know how much you've desired to have your own family. And God's just saying right now, He's seen your heart and He has seen. The turmoil. But be strong and of good courage. Don't turn to the right and don't turn to the left. And little Chris's and little Michaela's, and we will see this, folks. I am telling you right now, there is the formula identity in Christ, knowing your authority. Stay on that word. Not trying it, but knowing he will never, ever, ever, ever turn to the right, turn to the left, and never let you down. Do you understand why the word says, and I promise I'm finishing right now, do you know why the word says John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets, but you, if you're least in the kingdom, are greater than John the Baptist? All the prophets of the Old Testament declared the coming of Christ. John the Baptist baptized Jesus and said, 
I baptize you in water, he'll baptize you in fire, and there he goes. After the resurrection, the Holy Spirit came and lived and abided in you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. God will never, ever, you will never be able to say, there he goes. Now you may walk away from him, but God will never, ever, ever deny, stop loving you, or forsake or walk away from you. All the time. So folks, have a brilliant day. If you're here today and you're not seeing, come and talk to us, right? Also, if you're going through a valley and you need somebody to come, like this is your fight, and that's not to leave in your own, but you're not in your own. We are here to walk through it with you, right? With the understanding that you decree that word, you're not turning to the right, you're not turning to the left, we're always there for you. And the reason God gives us what Satan meant for evil, God turns to good, because he will let you go through that valley. And if you stay on that course, knowing who you are and using that word, you will come through and you will be a testimony. I will give you an experience and then you will be able to declare and you will know, I know my father. And my father knows me. And then you you will be a testimony to people that you come in contact every day. You will be that rock. No one, like this is not, this is going to happen. So this is, if you want to, more than welcome, come up, we'll pray with you. We'll heal you, deliver you. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, come on, get off the fence. He loves you so much. If you were the only person ever created in this world, he would have still sent his son to die for you. For God so loved Pastor Karen. For God so loved Pastor Hillary. For God so loved Jonathan. For God so loved Granger, Ali, all of us. Put your name in there. He want, He is love. He is actual love. And all he wanted ever to do was before the fall happened, he knew it was going to happen. And he knew he had to send his son guiltless, perfect, to go on the cross, to die for us so that he could end up restoring that relationship, giving you example, giving you his word, and letting you go through your life shining so bright like a diamond in the sky that you could be an example to everybody around you. These are awesome. Have a brilliant day, and we're here for you. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.